Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some Wine and Chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the Chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hey guys, it's Natasha with Latina T10 Podcast. Thank you to Valpod Media for housing and producing and to Latina Podcast Network for having me on your network. Guys, if you're watching, go listen. And if you're listening, go watch. Uh, but I promise you, you're going to want to watch this one. I promise. And I say that every time, but I swear to God. <laughs> so you're going to want to see who I have. Um, speaking of, please introduce yourself. Hi guys, I'm Liv Beerley. And I'm a professional MMA fighter. Yes. So first of all, congratulations on just signing the contract and being Thank an official you. professional fighter. Absolutely. Yeah. What Long is time waiting, right? Yes. What does that feel like? Um, honestly, it just it. I love the sport as an amateur, and um, now it's just crazy to think that something that I was doing for free and loving is now something that I can start to actually make, you know, some money doing. So it just kind of adds an extra element. But then, you know, I think my whole life I've always you know, gravitated towards sports. So it's really cool to finally see that, you know, now I'm able to compete on a professional level. So I just feel truly like, honestly, it's just hard for me to even grasp that this is really happening, you yeah, know? That's awesome. What does that feel like? Um, well, in signing the contract, it, it definitely, there's always some nerves anytime that you're, cause it makes it feel super legit. And, yeah. and I guess it is. Um, but I just, it's, it just means that I'm one step closer to like the ultimate goal of, of being able to like continue to perform on a bigger platform um and just have a, a greater range of influence for other people that are maybe interested in the sport yeah so how long have you been fighting so i actually walked into an mma gym for the first time ever in like march of 2021 so not that long i just tend to be someone who's pretty obsessive so once i kind of started it wasn't like oh i'll try this out it was like no i'm doing this every day multiple times a day so i kind of dove head first into that yeah so what made you want to start I get that question a lot. Um, and I guess, you know, as, as a woman, I'm sure you can understand that there are times that, you know, you get put in situations where you don't feel completely comfortable, um, sometimes even unsafe. And at the time I was living in Chicago, things were getting kind of crazy with the pandemic 2020. People were getting crazy. I know I was getting crazy. And um, I had a couple scary situations where, you know, I was either followed to my car um, or just as I was running my dogs, people would kind of like drive by really slowly and just be very creepy, unwelcomed, you know, attention there. Um, but I think what really like set things in motion was this one time I was leaving Walmart and it just gives me chills to think about. Um, I got this, you know, as a woman, you just kind of have this awareness of, you know, that something feels off. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that I kept seeing the same person in whatever aisle that I was in. And so I finally, you know, started going random patterns throughout the store just to see if this was like if he was following me and he was so I decided to like all right I'm gonna get the heck out of there I left my cart where it was and I start going out to um to my car 
and he's following me out of the building. Oh my God. Yes. So in that moment, you know, I kind of panicked, but I knew that I needed to do something because I was no longer in, in, in the store. So I called my dad and uh, he, he is not a cop, but I acted like he was. I was like, dad, are you at the police station too? Uh, still? And um, he was super confused, but I just, you know, very loud. I was like, well, I've got this guy. He's following me right now. He's in Walmart. I just left Walmart. Here's what he's wearing. Here's what he looks like. And I turn back to look at him and he instantly turns and walks away the other direction. So I just walked to my car and I sat there for a little bit and my heart was racing and I had this like sick feeling to my stomach and I, I knew right then and there I never wanted to ever feel that way again. Yeah. So I was telling one of my friends about it and um, long story short, he's like, you know what, why don't you come meet up with me? We'll do, we'll do some pad work. I'll show you, you know, how to do some basic like self-defense, some kickboxing. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for a little bit and then after a couple of months, he's, he's like, you know, you should come to the MMA gym that I've been training at. I think you'd really like it. There's some other girls there. You can kind of see how, how you compare. Mm -hmm. And so I, I showed up, I walked in and, and the day that I ended up walking in was actually a sparring day. So here I am with very little training, um, a whole lot of confidence and, and some athleticism, but no skill, like right. none, none at all. <laughs> I'm sure looking back at it, I would cringe at watching <laughs> how I threw punches. Yeah. Um, but I was athletic enough to kind of hang in there. And, um, there was this girl on my team, her name was Rachel and she's, she's a professional fighter as well. And, uh, she did a double kick. One was to like my thigh. And so when she went to throw the second one, me not understanding what was about to happen, I, I flinched and dropped my guard. And so the second one came right across the jaw. Oh yes. And I felt like my bite was off for a little bit, but it was in that moment that I think the first time that you really get rocked or hit, you have one or two, one of two responses. It's either a fight or a flight response. Yeah. And for me, in that moment, I was like, oh, I'm going to get you back. <laughs> and right then and there, despite the pain or the sting of it, it was I felt super alive, you know, and I, I felt in control. And so I think that's kind of what got me hooked. I was hooked from then on. Yeah. So I saw you fight for the first time um, in November. Mm -hmm. And you are undefeated, first of all, which is huge. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but you were such a badass. I mean, both of y'all were. But to see female fighters, I was so excited. I was like, fuck yeah. Like, I, I'm so excited for this fight. And you fucking killed it. <laughs> well, thank and you. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I need to meet her. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we did. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad we did. Yeah. So, and I like just... Like, I don't know, weird like that, I guess. But I was like, hi, um, please be on my podcast. And you're like, sure. <laughs> I was honored. I was like, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah. So um, how many fights have you had? And like, how many more do you have coming up, I guess? So uh, I back in November, the one that you got to watch was actually my sixth fight, uh, four of which were in 2023. So I had a very active year last year. Shout out to Fury for hooking me up with opponents because that's sometimes, you know, it's a challenge of mm -hmm. getting getting fights to actually follow through. Um, and as far as how many is to come, I've got one locked in. I just signed uh, for one in March here in San Antonio. It'll be at the Cowboys Dance Hall. I, I love Cowboys Dance Hall. It's just such a crazy, fun environment and, yeah. and atmosphere. Um, and then we're just going to keep going. I mean, I don't really have like an end date in mind. Okay. Um, I think, you know, when the time comes, you'll you'll know. Um, and, and I'll, I'll know at that point, but right now I'm just, I, I just want to keep moving forward. I mean, it's, it's exciting in every fight. I feel like I'm getting better in certain different things. And so, you know, that's the positive momentum that I just want to keep moving forward with. Yeah. What goes through your head when you're preparing and then when you're in the fight? So it's, it's honestly, it's really hard to put in words sometimes 
because it's unlike anything else I've ever done. I've, I, I was a gymnast my whole life. I played soccer. I ran track, played basketball throughout college. So I've pretty much done every sport that there is to do. Um, but this one's like different because of the, the stakes feel a little higher. Um, you don't have like a team component to necessarily like, oh, well, we lost. It was, you know, so it's, it's all like what you do. Um, but I guess like it leading up to the fight, there's, there's a roller coaster of emotions. So just recently, um, the first emotion is usually kind of like a little bit of anxiety of, are they going to be able to find me an opponent? Am I going to have to push back to another card? And it's hard to like cut weight and train when you don't have something locked in. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of an emotional part to that. And then injuries, you know, knowing that at any point in time you could get hurt during fight camp, they could get hurt during fight camp. So there's always like that little in the back of my mind knowing that, hey, like that could happen. Um, and then then I get once things get uh, settled in and I get my tickets and I kind of get locked in in the sense of, OK, let's dial in the conditioning. Let's dial in the training. Let's get like get the mindset geared towards, OK, I, we're, we're doing this. Um, and then it's excitement, you know, so there's there's that wave of excitement and like, OK, great. I, you know, I got to do this again. And then there's usually two to three weeks out, I'll, and it's always while I'm in the shower. I don't, I don't know why. It's like shower thoughts, right? Yeah. But I'm always, in, it's always when I'm in the shower, I get this, okay, holy crap, this is really happening. And then you like just run through worst case scenarios, you know, and and you have to be like, you could be winning a fight. Like I can't tell you how many times, even in the UFC, I've seen people clearly winning all of the fight and then last second something happens and you get caught. Mm -hmm. So that's always in the back of my mind because I do go into every fight like very confident. There's almost no doubt in my mind that I'm going to win because I feel like if you entertain that thought, you've already lost. Um, but there's always that moment in the shower where I kind of entertain all worst case scenarios. And then I pray about it and I wake up the next day and I'm like through it. So then from there, it's just, all right, I'm dialed in on making weight. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, my process is a little bit different because I do cut so much weight for my fights. So all my focus and all my energy and all that like nervous energy just goes into tracking my calories, tracking my water, tracking my sleep, tracking my weight and over and over and over again. And so by the time that like I step off the scale, that's like the first time that I really get to be like, oh shoot, like I get to do this. This is like the fun part's happening. Yeah. And um, what leading up to the fights, you know, cause I'm usually towards the end of the card, I'm watching either my teammates fight or other people fight and you kind of get this like excited, like butterflies in your stomach. Like, okay, I'm, I'm coming up, I'm coming yeah. up. <laughs> and anytime that you see someone get knocked out or, you know, anything crazy happens, you just have that like, oh, oh goodness. But then there's something crazy about the second that I start warming up, all of that goes away. Mm. And walking out there, even though it's this adrenaline dump and rush for a lot of people, I just get this overwhelming sense of like calmness and peace and when I'm out there and when they shut the cage, it's it's like very quiet and still. And I'm like just very in touch with what's going on. And it, it's like I, I, I can't put it into words and you wouldn't understand it unless you did it. Mm -hmm. But it's like I everything's heightened. Yeah. And you're just fully aware of like your heart rate, your breathing, your pulse. Like everything is kind of like you're aware of that. So it's just this crazy, you know, process where I really get to like find out a lot about myself, both physically, mentally and emotionally. So it's, it, I mean, it's a crazy, crazy up and down for sure. Yeah. And it stays that way throughout the entire fight? Throughout the entire fight. No matter how, how, like afterwards, everyone's like, did you hear me yelling? Did you hear me yelling? And, you know, I'm usually like, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Sorry <laughs> if you're watching this, but um, I, I don't like it. I, the only thing that I hear is, is my coach's voice. And then the, the wood for the 10 second, like warning, mm -hmm. it just gets very quiet. And I'm just, I think dialed in and focused, you yeah. know? Um, 
but that, that's, that's at least for me. Everybody might have a different experience, but that's kind of been my process. That reminds me of movies because mm-hmm. it's almost that same slowed down breathing. Like, it, you know, I'm yeah. sure you've seen them. Now that you mention it, yeah. it, it is like a movie. Yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah. what it, it's. It's just almost like oh, everything's over dramatized. But yeah, it, you can like you can hear your heart, like the heartbeat. Yeah. And I feel like mine's for the most part, like pretty controlled. But I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that. I'm, I'm sure I'm, uh, my heart is elevated. It just in the moment, I just feel like truly grateful and blessed to have gotten to that point because everything leading up to that point was like a lot. I mean, just you put your body through a lot, you mm-hmm. put your mind through a lot, you know, and, and it's, it's a lot of preparation for those 15 minutes that you're in there. Yeah. So, um, when I'm out there, I just try to truly like be in the moment and, and appreciate what I have in front of me. Yeah. I love that. Who has been your I don't want to say toughest because clearly you haven't had a toughest opponent. <laughs> Who's been your best opponent and who is your dream opponent? Dream opponent. Oh, goodness. So, and it, every person that I've fought has been tough in their own manner or has brought something different to the table to prepare for. Um, I clearly can't take anything away from Madison Gwen, the, la- the girl that you mm-hmm. watched me fight. And it was a good fight. She... I hadn't done MMA, an MMA fight like in the past year or so. Um, and she even stepped up a weight class to take the fight when we were originally, that was supposed to be my pro debut. Um, I was planning on going pro. They just could not, could not find someone that'd be willing to accept that fight. Mm-hmm. And so she said, you know, she was willing to do it, but she didn't want to necessarily step up and go pro yet. So we did one more and, and honestly, I'm, it might as well have been a pro fight. That's what I told her is because <laughs> she, she, fights like a professional fighter Mm -hmm. and some of the punches that I was landing on her were dropping male athletes at my gym the week prior. Dang. And so it was very frustrating for me to know that I cracked her and that it almost didn't phase her. She would like eat it and then throw something back. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she just, no matter what, like it didn't matter how many, there was this one series uh, where it was probably like nine or 10 punches that almost all of them landed and I'll be darned if she didn't like shake it off and then start throwing right back at me. So that was definitely probably, I mean, my most challenging fight for sure. Yeah. Um, cause she came in with, I mean, she got the dog on her for sure. I, you nobody can ever take that from her. I'm excited to see, you know, her next, her next fight because she's going places as well. Yeah. Um, and I've been against, you know, really great jujitsu. Uh, I think Carolina, my first one back in, in January, she's pretty well known in the jiu-jitsu community for, for her, um, her jiu-jitsu, her, my goodness, her jiu-jitsu. Um, and then, um, Alexis, she's really good striker Muay Thai out of Colorado. Actually, she's married to a UFC fighter. Wow. So, you know, she's one that I, I would like to rematch again at some point, just because of the way that that fight kind of ended with a slip. Um, so I don't really take full credit for that one. Um. And then Ariel, the the fight back in July, very strong. Probably, probably the only girl that I've ever fought that was like pound for pound as strong as I was. Mm. So that was definitely a little of an adjustment going into it, knowing that like in certain situations where I would normally rely on my strength, that I probably couldn't do that with this girl who was, you know, deadlifting 375 for reps. So, you know, they all had different attributes that, you know, I had to kind of take into consideration whenever I was preparing for those fights. But man, that fight with Madison, it... <laughs> It, it was a fun one. It was a fun one to be in, but then it's even fun to go back and watch. I mean, I could just watch it over and over again because we just traded punch for punch. I mean, it was, yeah. it was an exciting fight. 
I want to say I got video, but I think the whole time I was just like, <laughs> because you y'all truly were. I was like, I, I was like, who is gonna win? Because it was y'all were just back and forth, freaking yeah. badasses. Yeah, and it's it's shocking. There's a lot of I think sometimes like the girl fights can be a little bit more entertaining in that sense of. Like we just in the back of my mind, it's like, all right, you know, you always got that. Like we got something to prove because mm -hmm. as, as in general, people don't think that women are as tough or, you know, strong as men. So I think that sometimes when you get the right, the right opponent, like it, they can be some crazy fights. Yeah. So who's your dream opponent? Um, well, this one's a little tough. So obviously as a bantamweight, you know, the first woman who ever got like made me aware of what MMA was, was Ronda Rousey. Mm. And so it would be such like an, an honor to, to fight her because she was like kind of my idol going into it. Yeah. Um, you know, she was strong and sexy, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I think that she kind of paved the way for women to be both, mm -hmm. you know, you didn't have to be one or the other. You could, you could kind of embrace that. Um, and we're very similar in build, very similar in height, same weight class. And, you know, she's, she's, she's really tough. You know, you, you go back and watch her fights. So I think that that one would be crazy just because I think she was like the first woman that made me aware that women did this or could do this. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've been, a, I just been a big fan of Holly Holm. Yeah. I, so it, it's hard to say like, she's still out, you know, she's still there. So I'm hoping that, you know, I, I get to the UFC before she decides to, to retire because that would be an, a, an amazing fight as well. She's such a striker. Mm -hmm. So it'd be kind of cool to go against someone with her striking and, and boxing background. Um, but really, who knows? In a couple of years from now, there might be people coming out of the woodworks that I'm like, you know what? Let me have a shot at them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here, I'll tag me in. Yeah. Okay. So before you go into a fight and they say, hey, this is a person that you're going to be fighting. Yeah. Do you go and watch them? Do you watch their old stuff? Do you study them or do you just laser focus on yourself? Um, well, as an amateur, I know that every fight was like so different from my last fight for me because you're advancing at such a fast rate. You know, when you first get started with something, you, you're, you're moving, you're, you're progressing a lot faster and you're adapting a lot faster. So I try not to fixate too much on things that have happened in the past especially if they were, you know, more than a year ago, because mm. in a year's time, you could be a told like a year ago, I was two and oh, and, and didn't have very good jujitsu. My boxing needed a lot of work. And here we are for, you know, a year later, I feel like a totally different fighter. So, um, with that being said, I do definitely still go back and watch. I, cause there's certain tendencies, um, that carry throughout, you know, so I at least kind of try to identify, is this someone who wants to stand with me or is this someone who wants to get it to the ground? Mm. Um, and you know, with that, I try to be aware of what they're looking to, to, to do. Cause I never want to let somebody get in their comfort zone or to let someone get like in their bag essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, that's why with Madison, anytime that she tried to take me down, like a whole focus of that camp was, was takedown defense. Cause I knew that she was a wrestler in college. I knew that she was over in Japan doing sumo wrestling and so I knew that she definitely was going to be a very tough opponent on the ground. And that's why I wanted to stand up with her. Whereas, you know, some of the other girls in the past, like my second fight was, she was a very good kickboxer and striker. And so my goal was to get to the ground as soon as possible. Um, with me not really having a background in any specialty, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily prefer one or the other. I feel equally as comfortable standing up as I do on the ground. Mm -hmm. So I can kind of adjust my game plan according to maybe the strengths or weaknesses of the other person. So I will go through and I'll watch a couple fights. Um, you know, I try to look and see what gym they train out of because every gym has 
mm. you know, some underlying like systems that they, that they implement. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of be aware that way I'm not caught, caught off guard or blindsided with anything. But I, for the most part, you know, I, after I've watched it a couple of times, once we get two to three weeks out, I, that person doesn't exist. I'm focused on making sure that when I step into that cage, I am better than the last time that I stepped into the cage. Yeah. And I go back and I rewatch all of my fights. And mm-hmm. I, I if, if anything, I'm studying me. Yeah. Because I want to focus on what I'm doing and fighting my fight and not what they want or don't want. Um, so I try to look for any areas that maybe I, I opened myself up for like to for takedowns or mm-hmm. maybe left myself exposed. And I try to clean up my side of things and not so much worry about what they're going to do. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, because you, you're competing against yourself. Ex- yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Because the stronger and faster and better you get, exactly. you know, I mean, you're undefeated, yep. but you know what oh, I mean? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you can't control what they're going to do. All you can control is what you're going to do. Right. And I think sometimes people get caught trying to play someone else's game. Mm. And I, you know, I'd rather just bet on myself than just kind of focus on that. that. That's just how I've been about it. Everybody's a little bit, everybody's got their own process. Yeah. Definitely. Now, how often do you train? Because I see I've followed you since I met you. <laughs> and I mean, you're in the gym all the time. 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> 24-7. But how, um, I guess, how much are you training or how often are you training? Um, so now that I'm entering fight camp, that definitely does ramp up a little bit. Um, so pretty much I'm doing strength training. I have a strength and conditioning coach. I do four days a week where I'm doing like MMA specific style tr- strength training. Um, so I do that four days a week and then, um, I'm starting to implement like sauna sessions and cardio sessions. And then I will do two to three days a week where we're going like doing hard MMA fight team training. And then the other three days a week, I'm either doing like Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll do some cross, um, cross training with boxing. So I'm probably doing about five to six days a week of, um, like skills and, and, and combat. And then about four days a week of strength training. And then starting tomorrow, my track will, or my coach, he will have us do track workouts as well. Ooh. So I do have one day that like I take as an active recovery day. It's usually my Sundays and I'll do like hot yoga or, you know, just something to kind of give my body some rest, but it's, it's every day. So, and most days it's twice a day. Wild. Are yes. you ever sore anymore? Are you just, <laughs> or are you like in a perpetual state of soreness? It's funny you should ask. <laughs> so last night I actually uh, decided that it would be a good idea to spar with my coach. And um, he made me pay for that. Um, I am He landed a few kicks on my thigh. And oh. I do have a lot of muscle, which plays to my advantage a lot. But where there's a lot of muscle, there's also a lot of room for muscles to get knotted up and sore. So I do have a, you know, my legs are pretty sore right now just from checking kicks or not checking kicks. Um, but because I've been lifting for so long, like once you, as long as you stay in shape, it, your body really kind of gets to the point where it adapts and it, it's not that it gets easier. You just get better at, um, knowing what to expect and how to recover from it. Yeah. So now the hard part is like, because I cut so much weight, once I start, uh, getting leaner, there's less body fat mm-hmm. and you have less to, you know, kind of like cushion your joints or absorb the, the, the punches or the kicks. So then I'll be pretty battered and bruised and pretty sore and just yeah. general aches from just being lean and dieting. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's honestly not bad. I think I'm just used to it at this point. Yeah. I don't know how you could get leaner, but, <laughs> but yeah. 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 I've got, I got, let's see, as of this morning, I'm 22 pounds over fight weight. Over fight weight? 22 pounds over. So I cut about 14, last my uh, the fight that you were at, uh-huh. I cut 14 pounds of water weight within the 18 hours prior to my weigh-ins. How? 
So that's why I don't want to give all my secrets away. Oh, okay, no, you no, can no, tell no, me no, off camera. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. But no, there, I, so it, it's about like knowing your body. Yeah. Um, and because I carry so much muscle, I also carry a lot of water weight. Mm-hmm. So the majority of my weight cut is water manipulation. Mm-hmm. And then I'll play around with like fiber and sugar to like, you know, mm-hmm. get rid of a couple extra pounds of like gut content. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's my superpower. I'm, I, if I had to say I have a superpower, it'd be that I'm really good at cutting weight. <laughs> I wish that was my superpower. <laughs> I don't keep it off though, you yeah. know? Yeah. It, so I, I weighed in at 134.6, I think. And then 24 hours later, I was 156 back in the cage. Crazy. So I gained it all right back. Yeah. That's but I'm always nice. the bigger girl. So it's nice. Yeah. Oh, so speaking of weight, yeah. how much do you like how much do you lift or push or press <laughs> like um so i haven't most of my lifting now i'm not doing for max max like to get a pr mm. but before i started training mma i, I did power lift i was more of a power lifter okay so the most i've ever squatted was 315 um i did that on two separate occasions Dang. at 150 pounds so i was pretty proud of that yeah um I've, i can bench 185 Nice. And then uh, deadlift, I like don't do a lot. So I, I do 315 on deadlift. But anyone who's watching that kind of has a background and, and they're usually you deadlift more than you squat. I don't. So <laughs> but um, but I'd say if I, my, my best lift would be my the hip thrust and I can get five plates on each side for like eight reps. Oh my so, God. So yeah, very strong hips and core. And that's that's translated very well over in MMA. There's some situations where maybe what I lack in skill and experience, I was yeah. able to make up for and just strengthen athleticism. Yeah. Um, and speaking of your strong core, I just saw your recent photos. <laughs> Freaking fire. Thank like, little teasers for the fight. <laughs> yes, they're so good. Um, I know that you kind of touched on Ronda Rousey being both sexy and strong, yes. right? Yeah. Um, which I definitely can see that from you as well. Do you ever, because I don't know if it's different in the fighting world with mm-hmm. women, are you ever like over sexualized or do you feel like you are? Are you worried about that at all? Um, I mean, what happens maybe like on the other side of the screen or like when I'm not in the room, I, I can't really speak on, mm-hmm. but I can definitely say that, you know, with my, my, like when I'm at practice, if you think about it, like there's not a lot of women. So, and, and I'm a big woman, you know, I'm five, seven, like I walk around at like 155, 160. So, a lot of my training partners are, are guys, mm-hmm. um, but it, it there's a certain level of respect that's like, and it's an uns, almost an unspoken thing that, you know, when you're out there, it's not about that. Like mm-hmm. you're there because you want to get better and you want to push each other. And, and honestly, like the guys on my team, like they're like my big brothers. So I've never had a situation like in practice where, you know, I, I've, I've been, you know, mistreated or, um, Good. you know, sexualized or, yeah. you know, anything inappropriate's happened. Uh, I don't know if it's because they're scared of me, you know, that I'd be <laughs> in it, right? Yeah. But um, I know I think there's just a certain level of respect for it. And, you know, to be fair, like, that is a little bit of an advantage that you do have to tap into. Like, whenever I went to watch the UFC fights back in March, mm-hmm. for the first time ever, there was no line to go to the, the bathroom for, for me. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas my fiance, on the other hand, he had a very long line. He was in line for like 20 minutes. Oh, my God. And so I realized right then and there that the audience is 80 or 90 percent male. Right. So there's obviously a certain, you know, if that gives me a little bit of a marketability edge or or whatever, if that opens the door, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. As long as whenever I get, you know, as long as when I come into the room, like I, I prove that I, I'm there for other reasons. Right. So, you know, I, I definitely don't shy away from that, but it's not something that, you know, for me, I, like my parents were, they, they gave me the genetics. So it's not like I can take credit for anything in terms of the way I look, I, but 
I, I like to let my my fight and my actions kind of speak for themselves. Yeah. And I love that because I think it, it is a struggle with women um, in any career. Like I struggle with it, too. You know, Absolutely. I want to I love myself and I'm confident. Um, and sometimes I want to, you know, post those photos or yeah. that video or whatever. And then sometimes, you know, I don't have male counterparts that will be as respectful yeah. and so i've run into that and so yeah it was definitely a question that i wanted to ask you the the dms on the other hand i have gotten <laughs> yeah. so i was gonna say yeah the, the, the dms <laughs> have been pretty yeah pretty i've gotten some pretty wild requests and pretty wild uh comments and and things like that um but i've just learned to like you know i can't i can't control what other people think of me right. or you know, but I, I can control what I'm willing to accept for myself right? and how I carry myself and how I respond to that. And so, you know, for me, it's, it's not something that I necessarily want to like rely on, but you know, I also like if it helps or if it helps kind of get the notoriety or, um, it gives you more opportunities to, to do other things, then I'm definitely going to, you know, play, play my hand <laughs> over yeah. what I've been given. So yeah. But yeah, no, I, I have gotten some pretty crazy things, but it's never usually in the gym, yeah. you know, or at least not in the MMA gym. I get that there's a lot of respect that's there because, and, and really, if, if you've ever like gone to practice or been in practice, it's not sexy. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's not at all. I mean, you're hot and sweaty. Yeah. They're hot and sweaty. You're out of breath. Sometimes you're dying, you yeah. know, and, and you have, who knows how many different types of BO on you at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, you know, it is, it is kind of a gross, like in that sense, like, cause you're sweating and bleeding and stuff all but um so maybe that kind of helps add to it because like once you get in the environment and you like really see what a practice is, is like there's not really any room for any of that yeah good i'm glad yeah um now you are recently engaged congratulations yes, thank you thank you yeah so how do you juggle your personal life because you also have a job i do so your job your fiance your home life how do you do all of that and then train um, you have to prioritize. Um, there's never a day that everything that I want to get done gets done mm -hmm. and I have to be okay with that. But as long as like my non-negotiables, so I have certain non-negotiables, non-negotiables that I set for myself. And then if there's time for more, then, you know, we can fill that in with other activities. Um, for me, you know, obviously I, there's certain requirements in terms of hours at work. And so the way that I'm able to get everything done is I set my alarm really early. You know, I'm getting up between like five and six in the morning, most mornings. Yeah. Uh, that way I can get my training in and then go to work and then go after work to go do more training. Um, and, and as far as like being engaged, you know, obviously the balance of making sure that I'm also being a good partner because mm -hmm. that to be a good partner, you have to be able to spend quality time and, you know, put effort and time into things. So I do like Sundays are kind of my days that I really designate for making sure that I get to spend time with my fiance and my two dogs at home. Uh, we like to go to church. We usually will do um, like a lunch date. And then from there, if it's nice weather, we like to take the dogs out on the trail. So just making sure that I have a day or at least some in a time that's set aside to be in to be present. Um, that's been a really big game changer. And then um, as far as like everything else, like the training, I just have to work work everything else around that. You know, it, if practice starts at seven, I need to make sure that everything at work gets done by six thirty. Yeah. So it, it it has taken a lot of um, dialing things in and just like being willing to make certain sacrifices. But at the end of the day, if it's, if you're doing something that you love, you know, it doesn't really feel like a sacrifice. And I think it just starts with okay, we you know you start off with all right, I'm going to do two days a week, mm -hmm. and then that turns into three, and then that turns into four. But you have to set like 
certain intense for that day. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it won't happen. Yeah. Um, and you look very young. I don't know exactly how old you are. Um, 27. <laughs> okay, so you're very young. 27, yeah. Yes. Um, and as a fighter and as a new professional fighter, are kids something you're thinking about or are you not wanting to so i love kids yeah right and and i'm a i'm an older sister i have a younger i have a younger sister and a younger brother so you know i loved being a big sister and, and i definitely love all my um my little cousins but for me right now that's not necessarily something that is i not saying never i'm not saying that i'll never have children but right now it's just not something that i feel compelled you know, to yeah. start a family at the moment, I do have two dogs and they're like my fur babies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just know how I am. I'm, I'm, I, I overdo everything. And I think that I know that, you know, if I ever do have children, that that's going to be the priority. Yeah. And so until I'm ready to, you know, make that the priority and, and commit to, you know, doing that, I think for, you know, for now that's going to be on the back burner. So, um, I don't plan on, you know, doing any of that soon. Maybe when fighting's done and things might, you know, settle down, and I've changed a lot in the past five years, in the past 10 years. So who knows in five or 10 years from now. But as of right now, that's not something that either one of us really want. We're very happy with our dogs. And, yeah. you know, we, we, we have very demanding life. So um, we're pretty fulfilled with, with the way things that are right now. Yeah, good. I love that. Um, I, honestly, and I tell people all the time, like, one, you're never going to be fully ready to have kids. No, no. Um, and two, my as a mother, my hardest thing that I grapple with is just like the world that we live in and uh, yeah. so I don't blame people that yeah. don't want to ever have kids because if if I could go back and I mean this in like the most loving way possible I don't think I would um I mean obviously I can't take them back and they're my life my, <laughs> my world and you yes. know I would kill and die for them you know right. but but it's such a hard world to be in right now and I'm glad that you brought that up because that was what I really wanted to yeah. say um, and I just didn't want to, you know, be negative or pessimistic about it, but it is, it is scary. And, and, you know, God forbid that I ever had a daughter, <laughs> you know, I, I would for sure be locked up in prison for murdering somebody. I know yeah. that I would, you yeah. know, um, my, my mom's protective. I, I know that I would be crazy protective, but just knowing some of the things that I've gone through mm -hmm. and seeing that things are get, only getting, you know, from what I can tell worse, yeah. you know, it is, it's terrifying, you know, with like school shootings and, just even just seeing all these things on on YouTube and and Twitter now of like just people beating up children and thinking that it's funny or you know it's just it's just very sad and scary and and you know you don't have total control and as a parent you want to you know kind of hover and like keep oh, yeah. them in your in your wings and I know that it would be very hard for me to not do that but then it's like you can't fully do that either because at some point they do have to leave the nest so it's kind of hard to like. It's very hard. You, you know, so I commend you. If anything, <laughs> you're the superhero, no, you know, no. because I just think about my mom and, and probably how much we put her through, all three of us. But I can only imagine. It's just it, that's that that's probably one of the biggest deterring factors for me is just n not n not being able to have complete control and protection over your children. Yes. I tell people um, it's like a little piece of your heart and your soul is just walking around and unfortunately, they're going to have their heart broken. They're going to be, you know, talked down to, cussed out, you know, treated like crap. And it's it's so scary. And I know that it's a negative. There's so many positives to parenting. There yeah. are. Like, I've yeah. never felt love like this before, right? I don't think I ever will. There's just something different about it that's a piece of you, right? Yeah. But, yes, it is very scary. And having to talk to kids about, you know, hey, and, you know, 
if somebody comes in with a gun, what do you do? And and that's just one thing. Yeah. Right. Um, I do have a daughter. So when she's old enough, I'm going to have her train with you. Absolutely. Yes. And I, <laughs> I'm will, not even joking. I will teach her all the tricks of the trade for sure. Yes. Yeah. It's very scary. It is. No, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, one thing that I do admire a lot about Holly Holm to mm-hmm. kind of, is she's very adamant about like making sure that we protect our youth. And yes. I think that just with everything going on, you know, not to, to dive into politics or anything, yeah. but we do have to protect our children. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that's becoming less and less of something that as a culture it's I don't know I just feel like I think we're we're getting away from just the normal traditional family values Mm -hmm. and so that to me you know also because I just think I grew up in a small town in Kentucky where we didn't lock the doors of our cars of our houses you know I would go up the street two or three miles up the road either run in or, or ride my bike to my friend's house and you know be gone all day long run around barefoot and my parents never had to worry about anything yeah. That would not be the case anymore these days. And it's only been, you know, 20 years. Right. So it's just crazy to think how quickly things, and, and maybe that's largely due to just, you know, uh, social media and like mm-hmm. the internet in general, or just the technological advances um, that we do have, but whatever it is, it, it definitely is concerning. And so I do, you know, whenever Holly, her, her fight, when she fought back in March, she, you know, took her platform, she used her platform to kind of raise awareness to that. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's one reason that I also admire and look up to her is it's not, Hey, look what I just did. I just won this fight. Me, me, me. It's she's using her voice to like speak for other people. Mm -hmm. And that's my ultimate goal is to be able to get to uh, that level and not just win fights. Cause I think when I first started, it was about winning fights, but now like seeing that you can use that platform or that influence to have a voice and to, to speak out about things that you're, that you believe in, that you're passionate about. It gives it gives the whole sport a higher meaning to me. No, definitely. Is there something that you are passionate about that you want to kind of promote or, you know, or use your platform to spread awareness? Um, well, there's a lot of different things, obviously, that I'm that I am passionate about. But I think that especially since doing the sport and realizing like how much that um, participating in a martial art has done for me in terms of my physical health, my mental health, my emotional health, just my sense of Mm self-worth. So it's been something that, you know, I've now like been very passionate about you do like helping other women find that same, you know, that same confidence, that same, you know, self-discipline and, and just, um, because a lot of times as, as, whether it's as a mom or just as a woman, you do feel that internal need to put other people first, whether Mm -hmm. it's your children, your husband, your, you know, please other people. And, and for me, I know growing up that I always wanted to make everybody else happy and, and, and be perfect and make my parents proud and be the golden girl and all these things. And, and I was trying to be somebody else or somebody that I thought that I was supposed to be. And I never like really gave myself an opportunity to figure out who I am and who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, fighting has kind of helped me figure that out. And, and I think that, you know, the journey that it's allowed me to go on, it makes me passionate about sharing that with other women. Yeah. You know, every, everyone, men or man or woman, but definitely for other women, because I do think that there's something to be said about, you know, just having that, um, that confidence and that sense of self of like, Hey, I can do this. Hey, I am tough. Yeah. I can get kicked and get back up or get pushed down it, you know, and, and that, that like refuse to lose. I just feel very passionate about you know, sharing that with other, other women and other, and especially other children, you know, it, after my fights, it's super cool that, you know, I get to meet all these little kids that, you know, think that I'm the coolest thing ever, yeah. but, <laughs> um, but no, it's just cool just seeing that like, they're just excitement and, and just they're all of, of just, you know, they have so much life left. So 
Um, I think those, the children and women are definitely kind of two, two areas that I really want to make sure that I'm using, you know, my skill set and my God given abilities to kind of uplift and courage. And then, you know, also I have to go back and make sure that everything that I do, I'm, I'm giving glory back to God, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think sometimes people get afraid to talk about religion and regardless of whether, you know, you share the same views that I do, it's not something where it's like, you have to believe what I believe, Yeah. but you know, I believe that if you truly love someone and you truly, you know, believe in, in life and death and all of that, that you're going to make sure that you do, you do everything in your power to like imp, uh, implement or like show God's love. Mm-hmm. And so I think if, if more people like just had those values of, loving and respecting other people, we wouldn't be as concerned for our children. We wouldn't be as concerned for, you know, all these things that, that we have to be concerned about. So yeah. those would probably be the two is just my faith. Um, cause it's gotten me to where I am today. And then, you know, giving that back to other women and other children. I love that. Would you have any advice for people out there? Anyway, man, woman, um, however you identify, um, on starting their MMA or, or <laughs> jujitsu journey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think you got to find the right, the right coach and the right, the right gym. Um, I, cause it, it is a family, right? And so you want to find some place that you feel comfortable and that you, you know, you feel like you're, you're, you belong. Um, and, and one thing that I've learned because I am so new to this is 90% of everyone that's going to be in there, regardless of whether they're a black belt that's been doing it for 10 years or a professional with, you know, 20 fights or whatever, a lot of people just want to help. And so don't, don't worry about, oh, I've, I don't have the experience or I'm going to look silly or like we all did, yeah. you know? And if anything, I think part of being a little bit more experienced is like that being able to get to help other people like that are just getting started. Cause it is, it is really cool and really fun to, cause you can, for me, anytime that we have someone new that comes to the gym, I'm like, I remember what I felt like that day. Yeah. So, um, don't be afraid to like take the first step. Um, you know, don't, don't be afraid about looking silly or being, cause we all, we all started off there. And, um, a lot, what you'll find is usually that's actually going to be how you make the most friends and kind of build those relationships because people are going to, you know, go out of their way to help you and get you started. So I think that that's been really encouraging. Um, but yeah, I would definitely find, find someplace that when you walk in either, whether it's, you know, the feeling that you get when you're in there, or maybe your personality goes really well with, with the coaches. Um, for me, you know, when I first started, it was, I kind of picked gems based off of proximity to home and work and, and scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, I've found a place where they have the right times to match my schedule, but I also feel like, like I'm in the right spot. You know, my, my coach, coach Pete, he and I, like, I think we have a very good, uh, like a relationship in the sense of he knows how to, how to coach me. He knows like exactly how to get the best out of me and, and kind of poke the right buttons. And, and, um, we have really good communication. Yeah. So depending, and and it just depends if you want to actually pursue like fighting, probably want to look for a gym that has some professional fighters because you want to be able to, if that's where you want to get to, you want to have people there that are already in that, in that position. If you're wanting to do it more for just, um, whether it's like women's, a women's seminar, women's self-defense, you know, go to a place where there's a lot of women training. Right. Um, so it, you just kind of figuring out what's most important to you and what you're looking to get out of it. And then you want to find a place that allows, allows you to, to find that. Yeah. Would you be open to doing a women's self-defense class? Absolutely. Yeah. Right, <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to set that up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Be, yeah. Be ready for that. I would love that. That would be, so, yeah, I no, I would love go. to do that. Yeah. And there will be food. Just know if, if, if I'm doing anything <laughs> or hosting anything, there's going to be food. <laughs> okay. What are some of your favorite go-to bad foods? 
oh, how long we got? Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyone who's watching this that knows me is going to laugh. I love fried chicken. So <laughs> when I am cutting weight, and, yeah. and I'm not exaggerating, they, I will dream about a cane specifically. <laughs> I love Kane's chicken. Like, yeah. so if Kane's, if you're watching, yeah, like sponsored. hit me with the sponsorship, yeah. I will never make weight again. Yeah. Um, but no, so fried chicken's definitely like my comfort food, my soul food. Like it, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Um, also have recently gotten into the crumble cookie. Uh, okay. Yeah. That, that is a very dangerous business model because it sucks you right in. You know, every week I'm like excited. What are the new flavors for this week? <laughs> Even if I'm cutting weight and can't do it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sit there and watch my fiance eat the cookies and I'll smell them <laughs> and like, you know, imagine what they taste like. Um, so yeah, I definitely have a lot. I'm, I'm really not a picky eater. So eating healthy is not an issue for me because I like a lot of foods. Right. But because I'm not a picky eater, I also like all unhealthy foods as well too. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me when it comes to food is like, I can eat a lot. Like, uh, I always, you know, anytime that I would ever go like on a date or something for the first time with a guy. It would be like, all right, I need to not eat more than him because he <laughs> might be a little worried if I put down 18 bone-in wings right here, right now. Oh, my God. I'm, it, I can eat a lot of food. Um, so, yeah, so I have to be careful about that because I, I do know that I have the ability to, <laughs> to do that. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know where that came from. I mean, my dad, he has a pretty big appetite. Yeah. But I've always just been that way. I love that. So you're not originally from San Antonio, which you mentioned. What brought you here? So uh, right now I currently work for LA Fitness, um, and I have been traveling a lot since starting my journey with the company. I originally grew up in a small town in Kentucky, and my heart will forever be, you know, that small town girl from Kentucky, so always going to have love for my hometown. And um, But when I started working for LA Fitness, uh, to move up, you know, a lot of times you get, you get transferred. So as I started climbing the ranks and getting higher up into management, then I started getting transferred to bigger markets um, where there was just more opportunity to run larger territory. So I was originally in like the northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area, then got moved to Columbus, was there for like five months. And then I was in Chicago um, and I was in Chicago for about two, two and a half years. And during when things got kind of crazy with, with vaccinations and COVID and masks and no masks, it was getting kind of crazy to the point where I just reached out to my manager. I was like, hey, like, I, I really would like to move somewhere south, you know, Florida or Texas. Ideally, I would love to, I wanted to live in Texas. And so he, um, you know, I never really asked for anything like that before. And I'd always been so willing to just pick up and move, which a lot of people aren't willing to do. Mm -hmm. But because I didn't have children, you know, I could make that decision and not be, you know, selfish towards them and have to uproot their life as well. So um, originally I was in Dallas for a little bit. And I was getting settled in, and I love Dallas. And I ended up getting transferred down to San Antonio and Austin. Mm -hmm. And at first, it was kind of like I was brought here against my wheel kicking and screaming. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know much about San Antonio. Yeah. And I was very happy in Dallas. And I had started to, I settled into a gym that I really liked. And I'd started, you know, making friends. And, and the city's just a cool city. But once I finally moved to San Antonio, you know, it took me a little bit to adjust just because finding a new gym, finding a new house, like, learn, like, it was just, I was just done moving at that point. Um, but now that I've been here, the longer I'm here, the more that I've like grown to love the city. And it's like, I'd, I'd like to think that it's also my city too. Um, yeah. And and so liked it so much that I bought a house here. Oh. So I don't plan on moving. Congrats. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So now you're accustomed-ish, yes. right? To yeah. the San Antonio uh, lifestyle, I guess. So For do sure. you have a favorite breakfast taco? 
Oh goodness. <laughs> it's so hard because I just like it's um honestly so one thing I've learned about Texas and and really San Antonio gas stations I like never ever would would I ever buy food at a gas station yeah. in Kentucky <laughs> like ever you yeah. know and someone was telling me about some of the the the, the like taco places that you that are inside gas stations and I was like all right we'll give it a uh, give it a shot mm-hmm. and um and so every taco that I've ever had at a gas station has been absolutely the best taco that I've ever had. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. I mean, I really like, hmm, I don't know what my favorite would be. I'm like one of those people you could just hand it to me and like <laughs> yeah, eat it, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, what would be your favorite taco? Mine? Yeah. Um, I like carne asada. Okay. Um, but also like bean and cheese with bacon because it's yeah. like OG. Have you heard of the garbage can taco? I have. That might be my answer. Okay. It's just got everything in there. Yeah. It's got, and sometimes I even put gravy in there and it's just like. Oh. Extra, yeah. So yeah. they did just throw like, I don't know what all's in there, but I always get the garbage can taco. That's probably my most common one. So I'd say that one. You might like the um, uh, what is it like the asada la mexicana? I might. What? Uh, so it's it's just like beef. It's like uh, basically like beef fajita, uh-huh. but with like onions and bell peppers and like. Then I de- any cilantro. Uh, I do. Okay, I was. Like, I, I throw all you the throw cilantro, some cilantro in there. In there. It yeah. sounds like the perfect taco. Yeah, I do yeah. cilantro, extra salsa. Yeah, that's. I like a little so bit of heat good. too. I'm, I've always, I've always loved hot sauce. That's yeah. always been put it in my egg. Like especially when you're dieting, there's no calories in hot sauce. Uh, just like good every, to know. Yes. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Yeah. So that's been a cheat code for me is some hot sauce. Yeah. Okay. So one last question about mm-hmm. fighting. Okay. Um, where would be your dream place to fight? Like to pack out. <sighs> um. Hmm. So I visited Hawaii. Um, a couple years ago after I made my amateur debut. And ever since then, I've been like figuring out a way to live there. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I think Hawaii, just because it's just like after, after the fight, you're in literally the most beautiful place in the entire world. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I can't imagine a more beautiful place. Mm-hmm. So I would say probably Hawaii. I just know that that's probably not the most like logistic, like it would probably wouldn't, it's because people have to fly out there and you're on this little tiny island. Yeah. Um, but I think that that would be super cool. Um, I also think it'd be cool to like go out and, and like during COVID when UFC went to Fight Island, that would be kind of cool as well. You know, there's what a whole is island. So I think when th- when things first started getting bad because, oh, okay, now yeah. I know. Uh-huh. So there was this island that that day, and it was brilliant on, and I think the UFC mm-hmm. really kind of yes, I remember struck gold with that because um, sports had kind of halted, and and up until that point, like I always like to watch basketball and football. Like you know, I've always been into sports, and and so a lot of teams wouldn't be able to have their full roster and. You know, if someone tested positive COVID, it would just kind of ruin everything. And so what Dana did is he got a group of fighters and, you know, they all got tested and stuff. And once you got to the island, like, you're on that island. Mm -hmm. Like, no one's coming or going. So that way it was kind of like a quarantined and so people could still fight. Yeah. So I think that would be cool just, like, because of, like, that was when I really started getting into MMA was around the time that Fight Island became a thing. So I think that would be kind of cool as well. But honestly, that's one thing that I'm looking forward to, like, as I'm embarking on my professional journey is that now I'm going to get start to travel. And as much as it's nice to be at home, yeah. like a, another passion of mine is seeing the world. Mm-hmm. So that was why I didn't mind moving and living in all these different places because I've definitely been, you know, I, my heart has longed to see the world and just such a big, beautiful world that God's created. I want to see as much of it as possible. So I am excited to start going, you know, to Europe or, nice. um, you know, even Dubai, where, wherever it might be, but just getting some fights in other places. 
um, ideally warmer places, you know, yeah. tend to <laughs> tend to be like a south of the, the equator type of gal. But, yeah. um, but yeah, no, I think anywhere that there's just different cultures and cause I think you learn a lot about people just through meeting other people in different, you know, different Definitely. cultures as well. Yeah. So, but any specific stadiums? Like mm. Vegas or well, yeah, New that York one's definitely or... a bucket list. Yeah, you know, because yeah. it's it's just kind of like the the OG of yeah. of of MMA and of of the UFC. So I'd say maybe that. And then now that I live here in San Antonio, I'd definitely like to fight. Is it the AT and T? Is that uh, now it's a Frost Banks. Frost Banks. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. So I would yeah, I would like to fight there. You know, I'm sure once I get to that level and can kind of have like a homecoming fight or something like yes. that, that would be super cool just because this is real, really where most of my M- my MMA career has been, has been mm-hmm. here in San Antonio. Yeah, I love that. Um, any words to maybe family, friends, or fans? <laughs> um, well, it's weird, to, it's weird for fans because I still feel like I haven't really done anything yet. Um, but for anyone that is watching, especially like family or friends, I just want to say thank you. I mean the amount of support, whether it's, you know, mental, emotional, uh, my sponsors, the financial support, um, it's, it's really allowed me to kind of continue to push through. Cause it's not always easy. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've had like my fiance, he's, he's been through all the weight cuts and all the dieting and, you know, we've, we've had to make a lot of sacrifices in the sense of instead of going out for fancy dinners, you know, like that's going towards training and, and paying for my training, um, so a lot of, you know, uh, definitely a lot of respect and, and appreciation for him. I feel truly blessed to have him in my corner. Um, my mom and my dad and my brother and my sister, um, they, it was very hard. I think for my mom, it's still very hard for my mom. And I know how hard it is for her because of like, we talked about, imagine like your daughter being out there yeah, and, and seeing, you know, so I know how hard it is for her because I was once, you know, inside her belly for nine months. And, yeah. and so I know that every time I fight, it probably raises her blood pressure and makes Definitely. her a little bit nervous. Yeah. <laughs> but despite, you know, how she might feel about the specific sport that I pick, she's very supportive of me pursuing my, my dreams. And she knows the time, the, the effort and the energy and the time that I put into it. So I know, I know how hard it is for her to support me and that she does it relentlessly anyway. So there's, you know, definitely some, you know, appreciation that I have for that. My sister, um, is probably my big, one of my biggest fans, um, her and my other friend, Valerie, they both actually were ring girls for my fights. Oh, nice. So they, yeah, they were like, you know what? We want to be in the cage with you. And both of them are just drop dead gorgeous, like models, bikini bodybuilders. And so obviously they look the part for it, but it was just super cool knowing that like, as I'm getting either the belt or, or my hand raised that, you know, my, either my best friend or, or my, uh, my sister's actually in the cage there with me. So that's been super cool. Yeah. Um, and then obviously my, my, my teammates and my coaches, very supportive. They've gotten me, you know, they've given me the right preparation and, you know, made sure that I'm taken care of, you know, when it comes to being prepared for the fights. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my brother even, uh, he, he flew out and paid 18 years old, paid for his own flight to come out and see, Aww. see me fly uh, fight in San Antonio, um, right after graduating. Cause he, he graduated this past year. Okay. So, it, you know, knowing that like he's an 18 year old kid and it was important enough for him to be there that, he, he bought the tickets and came out and sacrificed a couple of days of his last summer before college. Yeah. So that was just truly, I just, I feel very, very blessed. You know, God has been probably better to me than I deserve, but that's what part of like what motivates me to keep going is to know that, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I know that he has blessed me a lot, but he expects me to do something with that. Right. And so I think that that's what kind of gives me that drive every day. Cause there are days, everybody asks me, how do you do it? Are you always are motivated? 
I am not, right? <laughs> I am not, but I have condition. It's discipline. Yeah. You just, it's just making the decision because you're either going to regret not doing it, mm-hmm. right? Or you're going to suck it up and do it. And mm-hmm. I'd rather just suck it up and do it as opposed to, to regret it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're out. Yes. No. Well, I mean, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's yes. been awesome. This is actually the first time that I've done something in this setting. It's this place is super cool. It's got Thanks. a nice little setup here. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, shout out to VodPod Media. Woo-woo. Yeah. And to my producer. Um, but no, I really appreciate you being here. I'm a fan as well. <laughs> so I cannot wait to see your next fight. March 24th. Yeah. San Antonio. Cowboys. Yes. I'm definitely going to be there. Um, hopefully we can get a table and honestly i would like to kind of take my daughter she's younger but i did see i saw a bunch of kids kids. i didn't realize how many kids went to those fights because i was like oh this is adults only but it's not no um and i think it would be great for her to see another female oh you know something else that she doesn't even know that she can do exactly yeah Yeah. so yeah one just and i think it's also just for younger girls too they're seeing like girls and guys are doing it Mm -hmm. and they're doing at the same level you know and it and that's one cool thing about MMA. I think it's one of the few sports that men and women can compete on the same, and it's equally entertaining. Yeah. You know, so that's that's super cool, and I, and I hope that I get to meet her. Yes. Yeah. She's a little mini-me. But oh, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thank you again for being Absolutely. here. I really thank appreciate you. it. I uh, can't wait to see how far you go and all the things that you do, so I'll definitely be following and watching and cheering you on. Um, but, yes, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, again, to Vodpod Media for housing and producing and to Latino Podcast Network for having me on your network. And, guys, oh, yes, go support me. Um, follow me as well. It is uh, RiverwallQueen underscore Nathaniel210 on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I don't know. Just find me. It's Natasha worth it. Yeah. Give her a follow. Just <laughs> me. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, yes, I appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.